everything's like the Bible says, everything works together for the good of them who loves the Lord. And, you know, uh, he's still in charge. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, to, I want, I've got two or three places we can go to. You can turn over to Luke 22nd chapter if you want to turn over just a moment. We've got a couple of verses there to read, and we'll go to one more spot and maybe another one after that if we can. But Luke, the 22nd chapter. Luke 22. And this is what we're going to read a first script. I guess that's about the 45th and 46th verse there. This is where they came and got Christ. I'm really not talking about that much, but I just want to bring one point out here just a little bit. I think it kind of goes along with what God wanted me to speak to about this morning. Uh, this is where they came and got Christ. And, uh, or no, they, they was uh, fixing to. They hadn't come and got him yet, but uh, he was in the garden praying, you know, and disciples was there with him. And I'm not going to get into that detail much, but uh, as he was praying here, the Bible says in the 45th verse, it says, when he arose from his prayer, they came unto his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, he said, why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Turn with me, if you will, back to Matthew's gospel, the 13th chapter. I'm going to be using some scripture there a little bit. And really probably got a title for this message, maybe title at the end of the message a little bit, because we're going to go a different route here in this little bit, I think. But as we read to you, turn with Luke or Matthew the 13th chapter, we'll take the rest of it from there. We live in a time today, and everybody knows, you know, and we as God's people can see things happening, you know. And, and if you look back, you know, for the last few years, you know, and uh see things, and I think most of you agree with what I'm fixing to say. I think over the last, I'm going to say instant, maybe 20 years, that we as God's people kind of fell asleep probably a lot of stuff. That's just my opinion, you know. We fell asleep on a lot of stuff, you know. And the Bible, through the, all the Bible, Jesus told us to watch and, you know, pray and watch and be ready for, you know, things going on. And we see a lot of things that happened over the last so many years, and and you look in today's time, you know, look at the time that we live in right now, and it's just almost common sense that tells you, you know, how did we get here, into the what we're facing today. What I'm trying to say is, I guess the things that we're facing in the world today. How did we get here? But you know, uh, we probably like the disciples, even though you know when. Christ came to his disciples and uh, he woke them up. He said, you know, and it was a, it was a bad time going on then. Amen. You know, when Christ was in the garden praying, it just right before they come and got him, you know, and, they, and you know, and they really, you'd think, you know, that that time that they was going through, that they really would be stirred up. You know, I think he's what I'm trying to say for just a little bit. Disciples would be really stirred up, you know, instead of, and them be going off somewhere and sleeping, that brother they should be praying and watching and all this and that. And just kind of use that for instance, you know, as we today look at today, you know, and uh, uh, a lot of us today need to really wake up. Now, I'm just saying maybe across the world today and realize, you know, this, this is a serious thing. This is a serious thing because according to the scriptures, you know, we're all going to do a couple of things in life. We're going to die one of these days. Yeah. 
or this body, and we're going to face judgment. The Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. And I can't find nowhere that you can escape that. You know, we're going to face judgment. We're going to face the Almighty God. That's going to happen one of these days. And when is it going to happen? You know, it could happen in just the next moment for some of us. Who knows? Who knows? As we got the news of the night with Brother Henderson, you know, and it just really blowed my mind, you know. And they said, you know, and it's, it's a, you know, amazing how just one day can change everything. One day can change your whole life. And as no doubt, as you know, as Miss Henderson was there, maybe they they obviously they had plans, you know. And I, we kind of, uh, me and wife listened to uh, Friday as you know, Brother Henderson went on the Wednesday doing his well, thing, Wednesday night Bible thing, and listened to him, you know. And and I sit there and watched it, listened to him, it just sound just like Brother Henderson. You couldn't, wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought, but watching that and listening to him, that he wouldn't be here today. You would never, never, never cross your mind that that would happen, but it did. It did. And what I'm trying to say is here, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Amen. And I'm afraid a lot of us, you know, as a lot of us, I'd say for a lot of people today is taking this really more lightly than they really should. Amen. Really should because... You know, instead of us really through the times that we're living in now, just not the last year, but the last 15, 20 years, all the things going on, we have just took our Christian life and church life, just say, well, I use it when it's convenient. Now, that's just some of my opinions. You may not agree. We just, we really haven't got really serious about that today is a day of salvation and not tomorrow. I meant today is a day. That should everything should be made right, and when you go home, you know, in a little while, or you lay your head down tonight, you need to know that everything's right between you and God. Amen. You need to know that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, because the sun may not come up tomorrow the way you expect it to. It's a possibility. I know I got off a little subject a little bit there, but instead of them watching and praying, the Bible says Christ came to him and found him asleep. And he woke him up and said, why are y'all sleeping? And I think today that what's what we, 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 you know, we really need to, I'm thankful for God's grace and God's mercy. How many is thankful for that? I think today, you know, we need, we need something to happen to our church world today to come by and wake us up and say, you know, what are you sleeping for now? Just look at what's going on. You can, as Christ could maybe walk the disciples up and probably in a long, maybe in a distance, you could hear the angry mob or something, the cry of the world of the people that was going against him. And you look today in the time that we're living in today, you can almost, you can just almost, you can shut your eyes and just hear the cry that the world is against the church and against God's people today so much. But thanks be unto God. The world may not be for us, but God is for us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. And he said, I'll be with you even until the end. I'm not going anywhere. And I put this in my own version. Just stick with me. Everything's going to be all right. Just stick with me. 
everything's going to be all right. And I'm thankful today that when Christ came and woke his disciples up, he said, y'all just get out of here. I don't need you anymore. He didn't say that. He said, wake up. He said, watch. I'm thankful that he tells us and he, he got patience with us. Amen. You don't understand about, I don't want to tell him about, he got patience with us. Amen. But he found him asleep. He said, why are you sleeping for? And I'm going to ask yourself today, and ask myself today, why are you doing the things that you're doing today when the crowd's going crazy? When the world's going crazy, why are you acting the way you act? Amen. Stay with me. Why are you there when your Savior's over praying for you? Why can't you pray with Him? When God gives us this word, why can't we look at it and say, you know, this is the word of God? People will get mad at you because you believe in the word of God. They women. They won't get mad at God, but they'll get mad at you. Because you believe what the word of God says. But I'm here today to tell you, you are to obey God rather than man. Believe that much so. Okay. That's just an introduction. Is that all right? Okay. This is Christ speaking a parable to the people in Matthew, the 13th chapter, in the 24th verse. In the parable, he spoke forth unto them, saying, the rest of it's written in red. I'm fixing to read to you. This is Christ himself speaking this to you. So you look at this, it's kind of, you know, some of the people today, some of the people say this is kind of elementary, but I wish today would go back to some elementary stuff that the Bible says. This is the kingdom of God is likened to a man that sowed good seed in the field. And while men slept, there's that word slept. His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade sprung forth and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. And the servant of the householder came and said, and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in the field, but whence hast had its tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. And the servant said unto them, Were thou, thou then that we go and gather them up? And he says, Nay, lest, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will send the reapers, gather you first the tares, and bind them in bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into what? My barn. And I want to fast go just a little bit further over into, so you won't forget this. The 39th verse in the same chapter. And it talks about, I just read in the 25th verse, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. We wonder always sometimes we forget who the enemy is. But Christ said in the 39th verse, the enemy that sowed them is who? The devil. Let's put the blame on the blame, or who's blood for the blame for it. Let's put the good to the good, okay? Let's separate it out this morning. The enemy is who? He's the devil. That's what Christ said. So we read this parable here that said he sowed good seed in a field, you know, and, and while men slept, you know, his enemies came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Stop right there for just a moment. Just coming to church on Sunday doesn't make your week all right. You might get that. Just coming to church on Sunday doesn't make everything all right. It's going to help you. Amen. 
If you come in the right frame of mind and want to worship God and all this, it's everything's all right. The Bible says that the guy went and sowed seed in the field and done all this and that. And he said, why he slept? An enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. I'm saying this to say, I'm saying that to say this. Sometimes we get in a frame of mind, whatever, you know, I just do on Sunday, that's all my, and some people, you know, that's all their Christian life is, is just Sunday morning. Wait with me. That's all the, you know, they come to church and everything, think everything's all right, and they do everything they have to where they want to, but you know that during the rest of the time, Satan does show up here on Sunday mornings a lot of times. He's sitting back there, you know, and that little whisper you hear in your voice, well, I don't believe that. You know, you look at watch, well, he's preaching a little longer than he should. He's not preaching to anybody else, but he's, he's just picking on me today. He does show up here on Sunday morning. But one thing I believe personally, he's really getting ready for the week. Because he's getting you outside of your comfort zone. I feel pretty comfortable when I'm inside this old, old church building, y'all. Among friends and family, you know, and, and people of God, you know. And I think sometimes we come together like this, we can overcome anything. But you know, you get out there tomorrow in the next few days and things start happening. You're over by yourself and you know, you begin to think the things you shouldn't think of and for long you're dwelling upon them and you know what I'm talking about. And he gets you out there, you know, and he pulls you. This is the enemy of sowing seed that you don't even realize that he's doing. If we realized what he was doing, you'd be mad. If we realized, you know, 20 years ago, what we didn't wake up to see and, and didn't stand against it, we're mad about it today. But you can't go blow abortion clinics up, according to the scripture. He said, let them grow up together. They're out there. How do you stop it? You start starving it. Amen. Am I woman? Amen. You start starving it. You start preaching the old time gospel like the old preachers used to do years ago. Amen. That there is a thing, you know, the Bible talks about marriage and how important it is. And according to the scriptures, you know, and we read in today's times, society to tell you, you know, you just what it feels. It feels good, just do it. But that's not what the Bible says. Amen. We're today in our schools, today in our, our schools, our zones today across the world. Today we're passing out birth control and everything else. What's that telling to the young people? Amen. It's telling them everything you that's it's fine. But according to scripture, it is wrong. Amen. Why do you have so many abortions today? Why? Because you know, we don't realize. I know how to say this, you know. We don't realize the importance of what a human life is. 
We think and we've been teaching our young people today that it's just a blob of flesh and it's not human until it comes out of the mother's womb. But according to the scripture, the Bible says that's wrong. It says, you know, when Jesus Christ, when, when Mary came and visited Elizabeth, the Bible says, you know, when she heard the greeting of uh, Mary, that John was five, five months in, or maybe five or six months into her mother's uh, womb. And the Bible says that John, John for joy. He jumped for joy. Why? Because he heard of the good news of Jesus Christ. And until we start starving the sins that's in our life today, they will continue to grow and grow. But I'm here today to tell you if we start focusing upon the Word of God, it'll starve the things of the devil. It'll starve on, and they'll begin to come less important to you. This Word of God will come a lot more important. Are we taking it serious anymore? Think about it. And I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're all guilty. Today, you know, and until I got to the certain age that I am in my life, you know, and I think more about, you know, about my grandkids, what they're going to face than I did when I back raised my own, you know. Didn't realize, you know, that Satan was planting these seeds. Among the church. That's really not what the exact word, but that's what he said. He sowed tares whereat among what? The wheat. Plant them right there. Plant them there. Then we going through tough times back in 20, 30 years ago. And they come out with an easier way to make a living. Stay with me. And we jumped on board. We jumped on board. They come out with this little thing, a plastic card about this wide, about this long. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now they control you. Come on, don't probably shut me down yet. They control us. Go, man, it's so easy. You know what I'm talking about? Just slap that thing. 30 days, you can have a ball. Hey, man, come on. For 30 days, you can have a ball. Then you can get that little bill and say, you know, you don't have to pay it all. Just pay a little bit of it, and I'll charge you 20 times more than you paid for it. And said, you know, I ain't worried about that. I'm just having a good time. That's what we've done. And I'm just... I'm, I'm just trying to tell you the enemy sold and sold and choked us and choked us until we have lived a life that we're living today. Not holy anymore. Amen. Not righteous anymore. He said, hey, talk about pastor. Well, look at it. According to the statistics today, there's more people who go to church today than they ever have. And I don't know if y'all don't probably hear that, but look what happened this election. We voted in people who believe in abortion, believe in same-sex marriage and everything else. So somewhere the church is not the church like it used to be. Come on. It's not like it used to be then. 
Because that never would have happened years ago. Why? Because people believe what this word says Amen. every day of the week. Amen. Now we believe it on Sunday morning. <clears throat> and we, I don't know anybody going to like me after I get through or not, but that's all right. God likes me. He gave his son to die for me. He's, he's kind of fond of me. <laughs> not just me, it's you too. He died for you too. So the enemy came and sold among the wheat. We know all the rest of the story, and I'm going to run out of time if I don't get, out, get her and get along. Okay. Basically what I'm talking about, we fell asleep. We fell asleep. Don't look at your neighbor, look at yourself. Say, what do, I, what do I stand for anymore? What am I doing for the kingdom of God anymore? The Bible says, and I think, I got the, I think I'm right on this. You know, I come over here Wednesday afternoon to check on the furnaces and all that, and I know probably you can't see my bald head, you know, I got a big scar right up there. I run under a board Wednesday, and I jammed my neck, and I went blood my knees. It hurt. But I got news about what happened here Wednesday night. And it's so exciting. Amen. I thought, you know, I'm not the only one excited. The Bible says even the angels rejoice. Amen. They was having them a revival in heaven. They said, over one sinner that repenteth. He said, even the angels rejoice. And I want you to know, you cause the angels rejoice. You know, you know this world may not think much about you, but you've done something they can't do. Or they can do if they want to, but you made the angels rejoice Amen. in heaven. And that's what I want to do today, make the angels rejoice. So let's go a little bit further. If it's all right, I've got just a few more moments. We'll go to the book of Acts, first chapter, and we'll get out here in about five, ten minutes, okay? So... This Jesus that was sleep, that was praying in the garden, they came and got him. In the world, seemed, I mean, to, in a sense, they was really had control of him a little bit. Didn't have control of him, but you know what I'm talking about. They, they came and got him. He let them do all this and that. And we today, you know, we live in a time today. We're teaching our young, our generation today that, you know, we can you stay, you know, you you're in control. All this and that. But let me tell you something. The best time that you can have today when you lose control, let God have control. Let God have control. And after all this and, you know, all the stories and all the crucifixion that Christ done and all this and that, put him in the grave and the Bible says, you know, in three days he came forth. And from then on, the world ain't really had no control over him. And one sense, let's put them, we weren't talking about it. I ain't said they had control on the other time of the year, but really they lost complete control when he came out of that grave. And he's walked up on the earth for some, you know, 30, 40 days before you, we sit it up to the Father. And the Bible says, you know, the first chapter of Acts, it talks about him there, and they was, they was there with him. Someone was there that day. And it starts in the ninth verse. He spoke of these things. He told them, you know, he's going to be witnessing to Jerusalem and all these places. And he said, and they spoke these things in that verse. And a cloud received him out of this side. Wouldn't you like to have been sitting there, Brother Lord, and watch this? 
I would have been in trouble. I think I'd been trying to grab a hold. <laughs> but just see him leave. And what I want to get out here is you know, the world didn't say it's time for you to leave. He left on his own will. They with me. I'll give him get the point here in a minute. He left on his own terms. When he came on the earth, he came on his own terms, but men tried to control his this terms. Anybody want to talk about? Every time he'd go somewhere, you know, they'd try to kill him and he'd had to sneak out and all this and that. They was kind of under, he was kind of, maybe had his thumb on a little bit. I don't know if you understand what, I ain't saying they had control of him, but they was trying to control him. Put it that way. And the Bible said a cloud, you know, after that, a cloud received him out of the side and the world didn't tell him to leave. He left on his own. With power. You know, what kind of power would it take for a body to just grab you to give away and just to sit up by your side? The same power that keeps the sun shining each and every day. It's not man, but it's God. Amen. The same kind of power that keeps his heart beating. It's not man, but it's God. The same kind of man that, uh, that prepares the hour, air that we breathe each and every day. Stay with me. So as he received outside this power, he lifted him up. And they stood there, you know, with a deer in the headlight look. Never seen nothing like it. Never seen nothing like it. And they said there, you know, the Bible says angels came down. Two men in a white pearl, what the Bible says. Angel came. He said, why y'all sitting here just gazing into heaven? Just gazing around. What's going on? What's happening? Kind of like today that we're just gazing around, just wondering what's going to happen next. Almost. But the Bible says, you know, this same Jesus, not the one that the world is really some of the world, some even some of the church world is serving today or think they're serving because they're preaching everything but the truth. But the same Jesus that was taken away shall what? Come back in the like manner. The same Jesus that rose from the grave and they had no power over him whatsoever. And he shook the keys to heaven and hell in the devil's face. He said, I'm not putting them on version. He said, I am victorious over everything that man's tried to do to me. And let me tell you, I'm putting this on version. When he rose from that grave, there, the stone rolled away. Satan and everything in the world to keep him down. But with power, oh, great power, he rose up. Why? Because God is not going to let his son stay somewhere under man's control. Amen. Why? Because God's in control. Amen. God's not going to let my opinion the world get control of the church. Come on, I'm going to just, they're going to try to maybe. But the same Jesus Better be the same one that you're serving today. It talked about in the book of Acts. 
Oh, church, don't you know what I'm talking about? The same one that said, you know, they didn't tell him to leave. He left on his own. So I'm going to fast forward to this and close it. That there's coming a time, according to the scriptures, right? He's going to come a time that we're going to, he's going to come back. Because that's just what Acts said, amen? It said, this same Jesus that went up in the like manner, so why? Shall so come in the like manner. I don't know how you feel about some things, but I believe today that you look in the Bible today and everything that's, you know, the Bible says, you know, it's going to happen. There's not much more that's left to happen before the church gets out of here. You know what I'm talking about? Now, some people don't believe in some of this what I'm fixing to say, but that's just between you and God. I believe, you know, the Bible says, you know, if you believe that God can come at any moment, you got to believe today there is coming a time that the church is going to be taken out of here. My opinion. Someone said, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. I, I know that. The word homosexual ain't either, but they're saying they're, they're, it's, it's happening today. Somebody said, well, you're just looking for escape out of here. No, I'm not looking. If you're going to compare that, you got to compare. Even salvation would almost be in that category escape. Salvation is not escape. Healing is almost. You can put that in a category. You say, well, you're just looking for escape to get out of things. Healing would almost go in that category. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4th chapter, I believe it is, I don't get exactly what verse. That with a shout, the ark and the trump of God goes out. And we're going to leave here. Come on, church. You all get excited. We're going to leave here. According to this verse, to me, it just represents what the resurrection is. We're getting out of here one of these days. Christ got out of here. He's going to come back. Then all chaos is going to happen. But I'm telling you today to tell you, saints, get ready. Be watchful because it could happen at any moment. It could happen any moment. You know what today we are to start telling our brothers and sisters in Christ every time the last time we're going to see them that day, say, listen, I don't know if I see you tomorrow, but I'll catch you in heaven. If you're a born again Christian, you say, I don't, I don't mean not see you again. Some people say, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you next week. I'll see you in there. That's no guarantee. But there is a guarantee today, saints. If your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Heaven, there will be a tomorrow. Praise God. They will be a tomorrow. In a moment in the trickle of eye, the Bible said we'll be called up to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord forever and ever. How many is excited about that? How many is excited about that? Amen. Praise God. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. You say, well, pastor, I just don't believe that. Well, just stay here. Stay here. I'm not, well, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to argue with you. But oh, let me tell you something, saints. If you're reading Revelation for just a while, I know I'm babbling on. There's some good stuff in heaven. There's some good stuff. Good stuff. And I'm wanting to go there. How about y'all? How about y'all? As it closing, as I got the news of Brother Henderson the other night, I thought, man, 
I just sit there and stare in space. Oh boy, how quickly things can change. How quickly. I think somebody told me he'd been out here at Drasco, I guess, 29 years. What I heard, I don't know if that's exactly right, but it's what somebody told me. And I always thought me and him and Roger was a three old whatever <laughs> that was left. The old preachers, I call us the old ones. I thought he's gone. Well, I can almost hear Brother Henderson singing on the other side, that voice he's got. He was a good singer and he's a good minister. Good man. But he watched. I believe and prayed each and every day. And I'm just here today, I just maybe respect to him today, said, you know, I'm thankful for men like Brother Henderson that stood on the Word of God. But I'm here today to tell you, and closing this right here, this same Jesus that told us to watch and pray, the same Jesus that told us that our enemy is the devil, the same Jesus that left here one of these days, the angels told us, it wasn't men told them, but his angels told them this same Jesus will be back in the like manner. We put ask you this question, I close this question, who are you gonna believe? Who are you gonna believe? Let's stand. If you need to come and pray, come on right now for any reason. Anybody needs to come and pray, come on. Anybody? wants to pray this morning for any reason we ask you to any uplifted hands says remember you pray God bless you God bless you any others amen God's good to us amen I hope and pray as we close out the prayer in just a moment that you know Jesus Christ today but if you don't get that assurance feeling that to make something say right, right where you're at, just please ask God, say, God, I'm, I, I want you today more than anything else. Let's pray. Father, today in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you today. Thank you today for everything that you've done for us. We thank you for this young man has come today and praying, Father. You know what he's in need of prayer today, Father. I thank you today for this sister that's praying here today, Father. I pray that you not know you're hearing our prayers today, Father. I thank you for this church today, what you've done for it today, Father. I pray that this week get on fire. I'm thankful today, Father, for this young man that gives life to you this week today, Father. I just praise you today, Father, for that. I just ask you to overshadow him today with your spirit and just lead him today, Father, that he'll be a light to the young people, to the community. And we know, Father, you have special plans for him today, Father. For all of our young people today that's here today, Father, we uplift them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you for young singers that we have that sings for us every Sunday here. Oh, so much. You're so blessed today for the talent you have given us today. We praise you for it today, Father. And Father, I ask you today with me, with Sister Henderson today, Patsy today, Father, as she's grieving the loss of her husband. But I know she knows that where he's at today, Father. And we thank you for the insurance that we have in your word today. And God, we love you. We love you very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.